welcome to Generation Tech. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm joined, as always, by my dad, Jack Brinker. How you doing today, Dad? Doing great, Todd. And cool. uh, first check on you. First check on you. Is the record light on? <laughs> yes, we are actually recording. We are live. Believe it or not. Oh, okay. it happens. What? It happens. Yeah. So. Uh, as I was out and about today, just uh, before we went on the air, it started raining here. So uh, we're getting a little, you know, they, they say we're a little behind the, the rain here. So I guess it's much needed at this point. You know, I don't want to have another drought season. We're supposed to be in a La Nina. Um, you know, they have the El Nino and the La Nina. We're in the El, La Nina cycle, which means that it's drier and less rain. And saying that, we've had... A fair amount of rain recently, but I don't know how much rain actually fell in comparison to like what they expect as the norm. Excuse me, what what yeah. the norm is? But well, uh, I think it's all in the middle of the country right now, or just getting yeah. over because they got a lot of snow dumped there in Colorado. Mm-hmm. They sure did. So still yeah. been in the news. I uh, like the weather like that, but I don't like it when I have to be out in it. You know, it's nice when you can, like, put your feet up and look out at it and sip a cup of coffee or cocoa or something yeah. or or an adult beverage. Yeah. But but when you have to actually go out and be in it and drive around, then it's like, eh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, and clear across the country over here in North Carolina, we're all overcast yesterday and again today. And uh, 50% area is going to get hit by a sprinkle or two. But, you know, yeah. I think we got ours last night. But yeah. uh, not not a lot, just uh, kind of moving through the area. Uh-huh. So Well, you guys get a lot more, so you're much greener than we are, and I, I'm, I'm envious of that. I mean, you know, the desert can be beautiful, but uh, we have some pretty hot, dry summers that I could, um, I could uh, live without, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah. Personally, I could <laughs> do without that. That said, you know, other places have hot summers with a lot of humidity, which we don't have to worry about the humidity, so I guess... You know, it's we, good and bad, we, right? We, when we when we first came here, I said, you know, uh, we had maybe a month and a half or two in the summer that was a a bit oppressive. One month particular that you could depend on. It was just a little bit humid. Two, I mean, along with the heat. But that's that seems to have changed uh, recently. Uh, you you can't really be sure what's coming. You know. Yeah. We have dry spells, and then we'll have rainy spells. You know, it's not, mm-hmm. uh, but not so much heat and and uh, and humidity at the same time. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, you um, know, and and you always have a lot of variation when you're looking at the micro level, like from year to year, right? But if you look at the macro right. level and say, well, over this decade, or over this twenty years, or over this fifty years, or hundred years, you go, okay, here's here's the basic trends, and it kind of all evens well, out. But from year to well, year, there's always a lot of variation. Yeah, having been a full-time RVer moving around the country for 10 or 11 years, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I always had a lot more my eye on the weather more than most people, particularly for the wind side of it. Right. But, uh, we were always looking for nice, comfortable places to live for without having to move for a while. And uh, uh, mm-hmm. one, of the, one of the things I found out is that here in, in the southeast, uh, the the moisture seems to be pretty evenly distributed throughout the year, maybe two to three inches a month. You could just depend mm-hmm. on it. You know, there were no dry months or wet months particularly. They just was right. a kind of a constant sort yeah. of uh, climate. Uh, Which is why it's so green. Up, <laughs> yeah, whereas growing up in Kansas, 
farm country, it seemed like it was really designed for farmers. You got the rain when you needed it to get your crops going in the spring and May and June. And, you know, when it came to harvest time and, uh, you know, it dried out so you could get the wheat out of the fields and, and, mm -hmm. uh, then it was kind of hot and dry. Yeah, there's a know? reason people pick that place to sit down and plant their seeds, right? Yeah. Yeah. It just seemed like the weather was designed for what people were doing, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, well, you know it works the other way, though. That they, they they didn't design the weather. They found the place where the weather made sense for what they wanted to do, and they did it there. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. So, anyway, but, but yeah. it's uh, it's really interesting, and having, of course, lived in California, too, I, I understood the desert climate. But Yeah, yeah, when we get rain. You know, it's funny, because I remember it when, when I was young in New Mexico, it was even more so, where, you know, your rain might come like 90% of your rain can come in, 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 in the course of maybe two whole days. And in those two days, it might rain for two hours, but in that two hours, <laughs> the streets flooded. <laughs> I mean, it came down and, and yep. there was water everywhere. And then amazingly it would all run off and it would be like green for a day and, and, but it would be dry, but it would run off and seep into the ground and be gone pretty quickly. Um, but that yeah. would be your water. That would be it. it you know, you get your whole year's worth in, in a couple good rains. Yeah, as a family, yeah. our first introduction to that was in New Mexico. When you when we first arrived there, I look out on these desert and I'd see see these arroyos, which are just mm -hmm. streams where the suddenly downpours out of the mountains come rushing out into the desert and right. take a lot of dirt with it. You know, uh, mostly mm -hmm. sand. But anyway, uh, it was rare that you got rain or moisture and even then it didn't always come out of the sky it just came roaring down from mountains and out into yeah. the desert yeah well we so. lived in a valley between two mountain ranges and yeah if it rains up over the mountains which it was more likely to do than than down on the valley in the in the desert uh yeah exactly that it would rain and then the water would come rushing down in in uh in a in a quick flood and and basically you know wash like you said these big channels out <laughs> into the desert and then it would sink yeah. down into the ground and be gone yep but you didn't want to yep. get in front of it because a few inches of fast moving <laughs> water is quite a force push cars out of the oh way. yeah oh yeah in in alamogordo yeah. i remember that you know they would keep their eye on what was happening in the mountains because they had to warn certain people there were you know certain it could flood you know uh, yeah they knew where the flood zone off. where the low points were right yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. You knew if you lived in one of the low spots. That was you kept your eye open. The um I remember once I was visiting up in Las Vegas and a flash flood had happened in the mountains near there. And I came up to a road and the water was washing across the road and I remember stopping and looking at it and turning to my wife and saying, you know, do you think we should go through? And there was somebody on the other side looking at us doing the same thing and they started moving through and I was in a full size like Pontiac Bonneville. And they were in like a Toyota Corolla. And so they started driving across and the water was about, I would say, uh, to the middle of their tires. So, you know, maybe 12 inches deep, but it was yeah. fast moving. And I watched yeah. them as they started to drive across. And about midway through, their car started sliding across to where it was right in front of me and then slid over and tilted sideways as it tilted into a ditch. Hmm. And then they were stuck there in the ditch. Yeah. With the water. And so, and this was before they had um, uh, cell phones. This was quite a while ago. And, or mm -hmm. at least it, before cell phones were real prevalent. 
And I remember saying, okay, we're not going across that. And, you know, basically doing a three-point turn and going back the other way and then stopping at like a convenience store and calling and saying, hey, there's a guy in this flood across this road back up here who got washed off the road and into a ditch so that yeah, so but, they could come rescue him. But by the way, this uh, warning of water suddenly showing up on a hot, dry day when you wouldn't at least you at least expect it hit home most when I visited a slot canyon. You know what that is? Those are the real narrow oh, yeah. canyons up in northern uh, Utah and uh, uh, mm-hmm. I forgot where else, Page, Arizona. Uh, yeah, some beautiful, beautiful photos of slot canyons, but yeah. Yeah. yeah anyway, it's not where you want to uh, be if, if a flash flood comes rolling through. The roadway has is blocked, and you can't come in uh, unless the weather people have got the the, you got to consult with somebody there that says that it's it's going to be okay and for how long because they know how long it takes for the water to get out of the mountains and down to where it comes in often 10 12 feet high in order to get through those slot canyons that's how much it is uh, right a lot yeah, of water that 12 inches of water the... piles up inside of a really narrow canyon right yep and so uh i i had never really thought about that that fact that that's how they were formed you know <laughs> mm-hmm. until i went to visit the place and uh, mm-hmm. that was a wonderful experience by the way it's uh, absolutely incredible uh because you see things there that you don't see anywhere else like uh sort of a rainbow looking up to the sky through that narrow canyon and maybe you can't even see the sky but you get different colors uh that are formed in in that in that uh, slot canyon as you look up into the sky. It was just really strange. Uh, but I, I, if you're ever near Page, Arizona, go go do that. It's, it's a wonderful experience. Well worth it. But, yeah, uh, no, I've not been there myself, but way. I've seen photos. Well, I've seen some of the photos you shared, but I've also seen professionally done photos of those canyons, and it's one of those places that's on my you know, on my bucket list, I would love to go visit that and see that and take pictures of that. You know, I mean, I, I'm a oh, yeah. uh, a hobbyist photographer and uh, and uh, would love to go see those things. You it's, know, it's out it's out beautiful. on a on a Native American reservation too. So you mm-hmm. you know you can't just go out there anytime. You gotta there's certain mm-hmm. schedules that are published in a paper. Yeah, yeah. Well, so. you you go onto somebody's property, you gotta ask permission, right? Right. So anyway, uh, this is a weather technology uh, intro 101. (laughs) There you go. We're talking about we're talking about all kinds of stuff. Yeah. It's like before the show started. Right. We were talking about ancient American peoples and and their and their their civilization that has recently been uncovered in Oklahoma. We we go all over the place. We talk about all kinds of tech and tech related things, tech adjacent sometimes. Right. So I um, see. uh, so a while back, you had uh, said you were going to go get a new little gadget that was a like mini sound studio that you could travel around with and would do some cool stuff, right? It was um, yeah, it's called Audio Wow, Audio Wow, uh, Audio name. Wow, right? So Audio let's Wow. T- t- tell us and about Audio Wow. What was that? What you've got yours now? You've had some hands-on time with it. Are you wowed? Well, I I am, but I've been frustrated because the day I got it, uh, I had maybe an hour with it, and something came up. And since then, I haven't really 
I've got a, maybe an hour's worth of experience with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, some so you haven't really done a deep it, dive yet. But but the first thing that's almost shocking is the package. I said, gee, is that really it? It the you know just the box it came in. Now I knew it was described as matchbox size, but mm-hmm. I don't know if I think maybe some of the old original matchboxes that that they had these little things that the cigarette smoking people used to carry around before they even had lighters. If you know what that is, yeah. it's may, maybe yeah. a oh an inch and a half long and and well, there's a picture of it that uh, when you first told me about it, of it sitting next to an iPhone, and you could probably sit six of these things on to, on the face of an iPhone. So they're it's they're extremely, tiny. It's extremely tiny, and it's got uh, uh, a clip on one side of it, which is almost the full width of the device, and that's uh-huh. just a, so that you can use it like a, a clip-on uh, speaker. That you'd put uh-huh. it, hook it on your shirt somewhere, except the clip is so wide that you got to have some wide area to clip it in. Uh, it'd it been nicer maybe if the clip hadn't been quite so wide. Mm-hmm. But it's got one button. Clip in between the, the buttons on, on your button-up shirt, right? Yeah, it's it's got, it's got one button, a little red button on the side, that powers it on. Uh, at the bottom of the device, uh, if you hang it uh, from your your earphones, which is the earphone jack is on the top, and it comes with a real cheapy little set of plug-in earphones mm-hmm. uh, and uh, so that you can monitor what you're saying and the effects that can be produced uh, mm-hmm. by it. And then uh, physically at the bottom of the device is a little uh, uh, port for charging it. And it's mm-hmm. one of those USB-C uh, kind of slots to it, it is USB C and not micro USB. Uh, well, I thought it was USB C. I'm pretty that's sure. Why, that's I'm just asking because there's a whole bunch of things that they keep making with the micro USB, and I wish they'd get rid of that because I can never get it. I mean, it's it's binary, right? It's either right side up or upside down. I always pick yeah. the wrong one first, or even if I get the right one, it doesn't see. If I don't get it perfectly lined up, it doesn't go in. So then I flip it over, and it won't go in at all. Then I have to flip it back again. It's like I hate micro yeah. USB. Oy, what yeah. a pain! Well, anyway, since yeah. it's so tiny, uh, it does have one other thing on it, and that is a speaker pickup. So it's just like a speaker, except it's got a little bit larger speaker or microphone. Yeah, I'm, excuse me, excuse me, microphone, not speaker, microphone. Okay. That's so what I thought. Pickup, yeah, should... and that's why the clip goes on there, and uh, and so it picks up uh, just like a speaker. So you might call it just a microphone smart speaker because it's got microphone. a battery. Gee, you keep saying why speaker. Why do I keep saying speaker? Smart microphone. <laughs> yes, yeah, smart microphone. And so it picks up the audio and processes it with the electronics and a and a fairly long live battery in this thing. And uh, the processor is uh, is what really does it. And the processor, by the way, uh, there's no room for a lot of controls on it. They wanted to keep it small. So it's got a Bluetooth communication with your iPhone and or Android. And mm-hmm. so an app comes with it, and it's controlled from a, a phone app uh, via Bluetooth. And uh, the uh, amongst the almost a dozen or more features of the device... The one that was most interesting to me was in the phone, Mike, in the uh, app itself. Uh, you can uh, 
connect to your music out of your phone or just turn on music and that works as a speak as as this microphone will also work but except mm -hmm. when when you're in that mode it doesn't bring it in from the mic from the physical microphone it just brings the the sound out of your out of your phone now i think most of the time it it brings the sound out of the phone I, it's just that microphone is on the device only so you can use it just by itself turn it on and it, it picks it up and comes into your ear but the, uh -huh. that's obviously not as good a mic as you have in a big sophisticated uh, device like an iphone but anyway Oh, really? Because well, I, I thought it's, for... I thought its primary purpose was to be a a microphone for doing like pre-processing on uh, of sound. It, it I would have thought it would it be does. a really good quality microphone. You're saying it's not? Well, it's awfully little. I I don't know how good it is. I haven't really right. thought about that. Put that to the test. My first interest okay. was with in the app. I put it in the mode so that I could strip out the voice from a song. And just have a, a song, and and I have it in record mode, so that I, I take that result and I can save it uh, in, into my own file without the voice. Well, mm -hmm. like all of these apps I've used before that propose to do that, it doesn't do it to where you can't hear the voice. You hear it, and right. it's just quieter. It's just quieter. Right. Which so. Kind of what uh, I expected. I mean, I, I, you know, unless they got, and, you know, some techno no, that nobody else has at all. And and I thought that feature was on the verge of still being too much voice. Okay. So was, that was a pretty good disappointment. I tried a couple songs. I didn't do this test for very long. Uh, so I, I, I did that. Uh, I don't have the list of features in front of me, but I'm just telling you, I haven't really rung out the device uh oh by the way i i do want to point out that the little uh cord um uh, hearing uh system little earplugs here also has a little speaker built into it so there are effectively two speakers with the device as long as you have the earphones plugged in but i can't imagine using it without the earphones so right uh, uh you know, may, maybe uh, if I really looked at it carefully, I, th I know that the speaker that's on the uh, plug that's in one of the wires to uh, to your ears, it's possible I was saying microphone because that's really what this other thing is, is a cheap, cheapy mic just to have the whole thing all together. I don't know that, but it, it's really tiny. It's maybe a less than a quarter of an inch across these little perforated uh, mm -hmm. surface here uh, so it, it's possible that could be a could be a speaker and and it's got the mic built onto the wire so anyway uh, I will try to find some time to do a more sophisticated analysis because I've had it for at least a week I've got 30 days trial I have to be back to them uh, if I'm going to get my refund and uh, I'm thinking that I might do that at this point uh, because unless some of the other features of this thing really uh, do the job that I was interested in, that's uh, 150 bucks was not cheap. Uh, and I'm saying it's, yeah. it's, it's a pretty quality device, except that the thing I wanted to do most 
didn't do the job uh, very well. Better than better than devices I have seen before or or software I've seen, but you know to mm-hmm. perform that function. So yeah, uh, a lot of those things, you know, they just know the basic um, uh, frequencies that voices are on, and all they do is put a uh, a um, uh, you know the, uh, a, like a notch filter for those particular frequencies and drop them out, and you know every voice. You know, they just lower the volume on that, and and uh, you know, voices have a lot of dynamics that that don't fit neatly within that little notch, and so you're still well, going to well, hear things. Well, my my approach to if I I'm an engineer, electrical engineer, to to designing a device that does that, I wouldn't I wouldn't process the voice, <clears throat> other than I would amplify the instruments around it. Okay, instruments are much more distinctive. And more easily detected, and they can be boosted, but that means you have to do all of them, okay? Mm-hmm. Uniformly raise the volume. It's the same as lowering the volume on the voices. So what you're all really looking for is is somehow to differentiate them. The problem with the human voice is all of us sound differently. We're all multispectral. That's a complex signal and a complex process to try to figure out how to lower. Uh, the volume of the voices. So what you yeah. can do is if you want to have a real low-level, low-volume uh, system, uh, just boost the instruments and keep the volume down on on the voice to what you find is sort of a, yeah. an acceptable Yeah, I mean, the two level. aren't mutually exclusive. I'm sure it's a little bit of both, right? Yeah, you boost the sound around yeah. the voice, and then you try to knock out as much of the voice as you can with, with a, a filter. Uh, or you know an equalizer of some sort that takes out you know the 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 core of the sound, but like you said, there's a lot of um, a lot of additional harmonics and dynamics in a voice that you can't get all of it right. So you then try to bury that's, it by raising that, up everything. That's why. Else. I, that's that's why I think the actual approach to these systems is more boosting the 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 nat, more pure sounds than it is trying to cut the volume of a multispectral sounds, because I I just can't imagine. How you figure out how to do that? Because the voices have too much variation. Every mm-hmm. voice is different, you know. So, uh, so in order to to see if that was true, I tried to see if there were, you know, like a female voice singing versus a male voice. Was there any relative difference in the two? I couldn't tell that. It, I, it which kind mm-hmm. of means to me that they sort of left the voice alone and they they've amplified the other sounds, put them back together and lowered the volume. So they, they get a lot of boost on all of the instruments uh, that are part of the, the song. And uh, and and the other tests that, that I need to run to, if I'm going to do a thorough job is don't just listen to music with string uh, backgrounds, uh, guitars, and stuff like that. You know, brass stuff should be real easy to do if you have somebody singing along with a, with a brass band, and, uh, you know, uh, kind of thing. Uh, because those are the the most distinctive, pure sounds. Uh, there's harmonics and everything associated with strings that you don't get in brass. Uh, that's an echo. Ch- that's a chamber type of uh, development of sound, and uh, and therefore it it has its own uh, acoustic uh, that's real distinctive. I mean, you can you can look at the spectrum, by the way, of of any kind of sound and and determine how complicated complicated it is by how many spikes and where are they? If you just look at the graph, spectrograph of sound, and that's mm-hmm. how you analyze 
these kinds of problems and, and say, what am I going to work on? And uh, then you just, you know, as you said, it's, it's a fundamentally filtering. You can uh, do a lot with just, that's all filtering, really, when you come down to it. Uh, how many sounds you, you want to detect and, and change the volume on. And, and the, the volume enhancement on any of them are simple. It's just a matter of isolating them and then, and then uh, uh, adding to them, you know? Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, my, yeah, for that feature, so, you know, by the way, that same company also sells something that they call the smart mic. Um, it's almost as expensive, but it just basically does the, the uh, gives you a, uh, a Bluetooth remote mic that does high-quality noise canceling. So if you're using it out in the field, uh, you can clip that on and then do uh, Bluetooth. And it does use a, uh, I'm looking at the picture right here, it uses a USB or micro USB as it's charging. So there's enough to tell me I would never buy it. <laughs> I just won't buy oh. anything micro USB anymore. Okay. I Oh, you're right. You're absolutely right because I forgot that I got this little little USB plug just for that purpose and it's sitting right here so I just, there's uh, his micro USB as well no uh, no just a minute that wasn't it I, I, when I pulled it out it was something I I thought it it did come with a little charging stub from a USB well I'm to sure it did USB. come with it probably comes with some sort of thing uh, regardless I, of which I'm gonna charging thing tip it comes over with one it of probably my... came with it Okay, there it is. That's what it is. Yeah, well, I I don't know. I look at the other one and it's shaped like a USB-C. So that's that's the thing that's confusing to me. Yeah. Well, and that uh, one maybe. I'm looking at their other product. Their other product is the Smart Mic. Smart Mic Plus yeah, is think, their other product. I I think this is a, from a standard uh, USB to a USB-C. Now that doesn't mean it's a complete USB-C. It's just the uh, power part of it. That's all this is used for. So uh, they could yep. use the charging port is Type C. I'm I'm looking at the specs for the audio. Wow. So it's the newer product, and they switched from micro USB to Type C, which again just the ease of convenience, right? Doesn't matter which way it's facing, sure. you just plug it in. Yeah, but that's yep. such a it's a minor thing, but for me it's such an annoyance. That if I have the option, I'm not going to buy any products that that use micro USB anymore. They're all going to be either USB C or Apple stuffs all Lightning or mostly Lightning. Well, I I think that was one of the reasons that the USB people went to to this uh, format too, because mm -hmm. the other old original USBs you got to get those right too, you know. Yeah. Oh no, that's exactly <laughs> why they went to it. It's annoying, whether it be the USB A or the micro USB, it's it's just a pain. To, you know, and I mean, everybody's done it. Everybody has taken the dumb thing and plugged it in the wrong way. Or even worse, like I was saying, you plug it in, you think it's the wrong way, but you couldn't get it lined up. So you flip it around, plug it in. Now it is the wrong way. Then you have to flip it around again, you know, meanwhile, getting irritated and wasting time. And, you know, it's 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 definitely a first world problem. I get it. You know, it's not like going hungry when you're going yeah. to bed at night. But it's but but boy, what an annoyance. If you're going to design, well, anyway, it, design it right. Anyway, uh, I, I do expect more uh, of this uh, audio wow because it was the award winner out in Vegas uh, yeah. this year. And so award winners are, are they have, have reasons. And uh, yeah. I just, I, as I said, haven't done a thorough kind of a study because I just 
no sooner got it, I'm all excited, and I sat down and to do some work on it, and lo and behold, something came up, and I forgot what it is now, but you know how it is when, yeah, you know, your world gets turned upside down because something happened, and and you got to deal with it, and so I, then I'd go for days and forget about it, you know, <laughs> yeah, when probably I could have been doing it, but I'm busy again, and so um, uh, I'm. I'm excited again thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, so you have to play with it a little bit more before you you pass complete judgment. But uh, if it doesn't yeah. do anything, if if it doesn't do anything more than what you've already seen, you're you're a little disappointed. And maybe we'll kick it back to them since you're still within the window. But don't wait till you're outside the window to play with it some more because then you're That's out. That's right. The, time time will you know, fly, right? Yeah, that <laughs> that uh, that buck fifty will be gone, man. So yeah. Uh, Yep. So, yeah, I mean, it's funny because you look at it and it's like it seems to do all kinds of wonderful things. But the question is, yeah, how good is it? It's still stunning that they're able to put that much capability in something so tiny. But uh, but, you know, again, how you know, it's it's not that much value if it doesn't do those things well. Right. So that that. Yeah. Uh, well, remains uh, you know, to be uh, seen. getting back to it, when you when you see the thing and you say, you you got to be kidding that that does all these things, and, and that was the shocker. It, it's just totally mm-hmm. um, a, a modern device that uh, is comes about just because of the elegance and capability of sophisticated electronics, and that's where we are today. And we're going to see more and more of these things just pretty much anywhere that you today have, uh, uh, you know, space to do it. Uh, we're, we're going to see extraordinary power be put into uh, notebooks. You know, like we've seen already the M1 that Apple has announced. But that's just the beginning. This is just the beginning of, a, of, of an enormous uh, change in, in processing power capability. And it's just going to go gangbusters. Because if you imagine, let's say, three or four M1s being... Pl- and there's plenty of room because these are... These are small compared to what's in the uh, the Intel processors, processors that are in today's notebooks, uh, and therefore they, they they require less battery power and everything else. So you can just do so much more in so much less space, and do it so much faster. Uh, and and we're uh, it's revolutionary, and and it's really exciting mm-hmm. because uh, when you see how it affects everything else that's going on, for example. Uh, I just saw an article here from Adobe, and uh, they've had a bunch of sophisticated products for quite some time. Uh, in uh, uh, Photoshop is one of their right. big ones. That almost right. Photoshop goes back to the original Mac OS. They were one of the big, yeah. big uh, software <clears throat> manufacturers or or uh, content providers back then. Anyway, the, the the title of the article is Adobe colon Photoshop on Apple's M1 runs 50% faster than 2019 Intel hobbled MacBook. So mm-hmm. that's pretty fast. What does fast, it mean, hobbled? Uh, <laughs> oh, they're just saying Intel hobbled. Hobbled that's, is referring to just, Intel. That's, gotcha. That's that's what, yeah, it's just an insult yeah. to, to Intel's technology. Right. And uh, so. Uh, I get headline, head, headline writers like to write fantastical stuff, but I wish they would just say compared to Intel MacBook. Just, just That's say correct. what it is. D- don't add but, in all the modifiers that throw your opinion. I don't really care about all that stuff. 
You know, you're, they you're do right. that in politics you know, all the time, and I hate it. Well, it's politics flowing over into everything else. I mean, yeah. that's what well, it is. Well, it's not. I mean, that's not a political statement. It's just a statement about you know we think the Intel chips stink, and it's like okay, fine, great. But but the the Apple fans versus the PC fans, yeah. You know, that there's always been rivalries like that. Oh yeah, and, uh, yeah yeah yeah. It's not with a with a with a religious fervor. Actually, you're right. You're absolutely yeah. right. It's nothing new. <laughs> nothing new. So anyway, yeah. that's kind of what that's about. Uh, yeah, and- no no doubt that the the ongoing trend towards custom silicone and and uh, you know large-scale integrated circuitry being made on a custom level for specific things is going to make everything that we do using computers or electronics or anything that has an electronic controller in it work smoother, more reliably, and faster. And mm-hmm. that opens lots of doors for things to then do different things and do them and, and, and do the things that, it al- that you already do better. And so, yeah, it's kind of exciting to see that... Uh, starting to happen i mean it's something that's been yeah it's i think it's been slowly building for a long period of time but it's now sort of got ahead of steam you know yep so yep. it'll be uh, fun to see where that uh where that comes out and things like this audio wow and and uh you know it's just one example of that so yeah yeah so uh I'm not sure where the rest of it's going to go, but my guess is that uh, it's going to have a lot to do with healthcare. Everybody can see a tremendous future of taking all of the electronics that that are currently used in the healthcare system and making those uh, so mobile that in fact they will be distributed systems. What what we I think we're going to come to, and I'll just make a proje- flat out projection here, is that a lot of the devices that are currently in hospitals, they will be on integrated on your wristwatch or in your phone, and and all you really need is a way to maybe wire you up and somehow uh, detect, uh, interact with your the human body, uh, and so I can see uh, that you know Apple's interest in that is uh, is is a very good reason because they know that what they can do with a lot of this stuff and and it's uh it's, it's they're, they're going to rethink it because a lot of the stuff that's in hospitals could be useful to people uh if if they had it on their own person but it's just been too expensive to do it that way or too large and so that will be the first thing they'll they'll go after is making consumer products that aid people with various uh, uh, dif- difficulties. I, hear, the hearing aid world ha- is w- one that's already begun because it's fairly mm-hmm. small electronics, but it's but it's extremely poorly design- done at this point in time, being a yeah. person who depends on hearing aids. Uh, I can see vast improvements on, on hearing aids in the next couple years, and I think that has somewhat to do with the Apple's venture in AirPods. Uh, I believe AirPods today have the ability to surpass what existing all the professional lead hearing aids uh, if they just 
would would come out and do it. The yeah. problem. Well, part of the issue for them home. is is legal legality and and whether or not right. it is dis- considered a medical device. And so they've been kind of skirting that, and they kind of tip their toes into it with the watch a little bit about how to get things certified. And you know, the uh, FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, has created a a new methodology that sort of fast tracks for certain devices that are not like life threatening devices. And so in that case, you know, like if you're if you're selling a device that that dispenses insulin, you know, that's life and death if it's done wrong. Right. But if you're doing yeah. something that tells you your ECG, I mean, it's just, a, you know, it doesn't hurt you at all, whether you run the report or not. Worst cases, if something's funky, you call your doctor. Um, yeah. And so, you know, something like a hearing aid, you know, or hearing uh, adjustment or assistance or whatever they're going to call it. You would think that they might be able to get something like that passed, but you know that's that's I think the bigger hang up than the technology. I think you're absolutely right. It, the technology's it, probably in everybody's pocket right now. Yep. So, and that's just one area. the The other one that's obviously really big, even so big that it's it's uh, just recently I found out worldwide politics. China has been collecting data on Americans' health. Some I don't know how they get through it, but they I think they got them out of hospitals. They found ways to connect into databases, and basically they think now that China knows more about the health of more American citizens than our own health care system tells us. I, I read articles to that effect, and they've already offered certain types of things to at the state level in Washington, uh, the state of Washington, to. Uh, help with the citizens of Washington uh, and and help out with their health care and trying to sell it to the state. Uh, I, I don't know where that is and whether that possibly ever happened, but uh, they have uh, mining data is what that's all about. And I'm sure Google and Apple and others are doing it. The only question is uh, are, are who's observing ethics and trying to keep the data separate separated from the person you know we, in this country unlike china we think that that's a personal data and so if you're going to collect data on people it ought to be stored right there on their own device and so i think that there's going to be some some wars going on in that regard and apple wants to obviously have it on their devices yeah that, that's kind of the gist of where i think we're coming uh because uh involved in all this data mining by the way is a artificial intelligence there's so much that you can tell about people's proclivity toward certain uh, kinds of diseases like health and all of that from their heritage ancestral data and this all started as you know from uh, gathering people's data from people from things like ancestry.com and others where we voluntarily provided our spittle and so, therefore, they can do DNA analysis and all this, and that—that's a—that was sort of the basis and start of, of a lot of the data collection on people's uh, uh, constitution and how they're how they function and maybe what they're vulnerable to. And so, uh, just a, a whole lot of things going on behind the scenes and have been for years now, uh, trying to understand. If you've got DNA kinds of data, what you can do and, and what kinds of, of diseases you might expect among certain crowds of people. And so yeah. uh, uh, 
every, everybody's trying to get into the business because they can see the dollars down down the road. Yeah, no, there's there's a lot of money in knowing stuff about people. Um, yep. And so, yeah, it's, um, you know, and unfortunately right now you can't count on uh, your government to protect you from being taken advantage of in terms of some of this stuff because the companies that want to use that information are spending millions of dollars helping people get elected and so they're beholden to them not to us and That's so right. uh and so as a uh, consumer if you have if you have um uh you know uh, the desire to control that you it's on you to do your very yeah. best to keep track of who you're working with and who you let gather your information and uh you know um I know there are some people who have just thrown their hands up and said, you know, it, it, it's not even worth fighting anymore. They already know enough, of, you know, so much about us. They being these large, you know, uh, companies, corporations that collect data about us and then resell it for advertising purposes. Um, yeah. But, you know, we, they say it ostensibly, you know, they put they coat they sugarcoat it. Oh, it's just so you get ads that actually mean something to you instead of just random ads. Yeah. Well, maybe that's your intent right now. But that information could also be used in in more nefarious ways, and uh, and unfortunately for most of us, whether you've given somebody your DNA or not, that information is out there. You know, as far as you know, they, they're tracking you. You don't even have to be a a user of Facebook for Facebook to track you, because if you're referenced by coworkers and family, they know there's this entity out there that is you, and they've already got a dossier on you. Yep. Well, yeah. and the other thing that's scary is we look at, at countries like China and see how they've used technology. You know, you can't escape cameras in that country, and, and we're getting to be about as bad. I mean, because, you know, we all think, oh, well, you know, our police are going to use that to catch the bad guys. Uh, if you think that's all it's being mm -hmm. used for, you got another thing coming. Cause there's yeah, face ask the Uyghurs about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, there, there's face recognition. That's what cameras are all mm -hmm. about uh you're walking along the street they say oh i saw so and so here in such and such a time and right down here yeah. another camera picked up so you can follow your whole track of where you've been out in the public uh so who who do you want to know where you are and and when uh not really uh old mother government you know <laughs> right well, yeah, and that's it. I mean, you know, if you think you're trusting, you know, governments or corporations to behave um, uh, in a fashion that's in your best interest, then you're you're mistaken. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, you know, and and I think you know it's funny because people say, well, you know, nobody wants to do anything to me. I'm you know, I'm just boring old me. But think about it: of all the different um, groups that have been uh, ostracized or or put out in the history of our country, whether you're African-American or Asian or Irish or Italian or Catholic, um, all of those groups have been, uh, you know, uh, Jewish. I mean, it, it's all of those groups have at one time or another been uh, isolated and attacked for being different than the people who are doing the attacking. And yep. all it takes is, you know, a, a, a quick, simple twist of fate and somebody in power to say, hey, we've got this capability. We can we can isolate a few of those those people that those others right yeah. they're different than yeah. me Look what and we can and do. Yeah. 
You know, uh, today on our radio show, we were talking about a um, uh, something that was happening in Michigan, specifically in Detroit. Uh, there's a woman who saved. She was working a six dollar an hour job, and then she got up. She got a, took a new job for twelve dollars an hour, saved all her life, got a down payment, and bought a house for sixty three thousand uh, dollars. And uh, four years ago, uh, they tripled her property taxes and she couldn't make the payment and it was just at the same time i guess it wasn't four years it was 2011 2011 they tripled her property taxes that also happened to be at the same time that the recession was hitting and she got laid off and so her three thousand dollar bill shows up for her property taxes and she couldn't pay it and so the city took her house auctioned it off and sold it to some guy for five thousand bucks who's now turning around and renting it back to her so she's living in the house that she scrimped and saved on for her entire life and uh, and that that tax bill was an increase of like five times what she had paid the previous year. And so what yep. it turns out is they were going around and they found that statistically the wealthier homes saw little or no increase. And in fact, some places saw a decrease in their property taxes, while the lower income areas saw huge increases in their property taxes. And so people that's, could. That's you know, and that's the government criminality. That's the government exactly. criminality. Absolutely. I mean, the story was just heartbreaking, you know, and you say, well, why did she stay in that place? Well, because that's her home. That's the home she bought, you know, and it was stolen from her by our government, you know, instead of trying to work with somebody and, you know, and I don't know. I mean, I don't you know, in California, the rules are different. We have Prop 13 here, which says that, you know, although they can do a cost of living or, or increase annually, which they never miss, they always do. Um, they those are small. You know, the percentage is small. They're not allowed to reassess your property till you sell it. And in a lot of states, they reassess your property every year before they issue the tax bill. And I'm sure the person who did the reassessment looked and said, well, the areas that I raised the assessments on are areas where the value of the properties went up substantially. I'm sure they had ways to justify it. But did anybody ever look and see what that's actually doing to human beings on the ground? Obviously not. Obviously not. And it's so biased and it's biased against poor people. And and, yep. and a lot of those poor people just happen to be wink, wink, uh, people of color, whatever, you know, whether they're African-American or Asian or, or you know, whatever. Um, but there's a lot yep. of poor people out there. And, you know, this poor woman was living the American dream. She bought a home. She was raising her kids yeah. and just had it stolen out from under her. And that was, you know, her entire life savings was put in that home. Um, yep. Yeah, it's just it's an absolute crying shame. It's criminal. Absolutely criminal. It, 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 it has to be undone. In fact, it has to be. Yeah, I agree. I it think that, that, you know, uh, and I'm glad to see somebody have... out there. This is reporters doing what they should be doing instead of arguing over whether, you know, Mr. Potato Head is male or female, um, which has yeah. been in the news, or, which is stupid. Or, 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 or all this stupid news about royalty. I turn that out and I try to get rid of it. You can't <laughs> you can't even escape it. You know, it's funny. Yeah. Aaron brought it up on the radio show the other day and she said, did you are, are you or did you watch it or are you, you going to watch it? And I went, nope, <laughs> I don't have any interest. I don't care. I, I, you know? I actively I, try avoiding it. Yeah. As soon as I see uh, it on as soon as I see it on a channel, I change channels. Yeah, you know, I'm just, with you. It angers me. You know, I, I'm with you. I mean, how their life we, is their life and fine. So, it's it's like they are important. They're not important. They're just a part of the tourist industry in Britain. That's all they are. Yeah. It's government financed tourism. That's yeah. all it is. 
So um, I, let's get back to some tech stuff. So the Find My yeah. app has now been opened up for other devices to use. So uh, it's not just Apple devices, which is great. Yeah. Now, this is rumored to be in advance of Apple releasing their own, excuse me, their own little tracker tags. They're, they're rumored to be called Air Tags, but we'll see what they, if they actually do it. Um, and in fact, on that end, they're saying that the 23rd is, is so uh, um, a week from tomorrow is when they think right. Apple's going to have an event. They usually yeah, announce it about that. a week in advance. So we might hear about it in the next day or two officially. But because they're not actually like doing them real, they're do- real time. They're doing them remote or you know via uh, video announcements now. Um, they may yeah. not even make an announcement. They may just you know the day before say, "Hey, we have an announcement tomorrow at this time," because they don't have to give yeah. anybody travel time, right? So, so we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know, I I, I have used <clears throat> the um, the little tile trackers, and they mm-hmm. work pretty well. But the problem was is that. Um, the idea being, for those who aren't familiar with them, you have this little device that, that's, you know, slightly larger than a quarter, and you can put it on your keychain or on your backpack or, you know, they've got flatter ones that you can stick in your wallet or something. And um, and you can place them on these devices, and if you leave your device somewhere, anybody who's running the, t- the Tile app on their phone, whether it be Android or Apple, uh, if they walk by it, their device will ping the Bluetooth on that device, and then they will then, in the background, send something out to you saying, hey, your device was spotted at this location. Which is yep. great, except that somebody's got to be running the Tile app on their on their device. Apple's now saying, we're going to build something like that into our operating system. So all you have to do is have a phone that's turned on, which makes it much more useful. Um and they're using the Find My app, which was already built in and would find your like your phone or your laptop uh, or whatever or your iPad. Um, now they're opening that up and saying, hey, people like Tile can use our system for tracking these things. And it makes it miles more useful. And yep. uh, and so um, I think that's a great, great. I mean, uh, it's I think it's going to be, um, you know, underreported how important that is because i think that's that's going to be really really useful um we'll see how it comes out now it's rumored that the air tags that there's that apple is working on will not only be bluetooth but they'll also use the wideband chip that's in uh some of their newer devices which will allow you to pinpoint something to within like six inches of where it is as opposed to it's in this general vicinity um so we'll see how that all plays out. But uh, the the very fact that they've opened it up and made it a system-wide uh, capability, to me, is just phenomenal. Now, I haven't heard who has yet taken advantage of it. Um, yeah. But I guess it's, oh, well, it's it's only in the beta, so it hasn't come out yet. It's in uh, iOS 14.5 beta 3. So we'll see when that one's actually released. My guess is if they're going to announce the AirPods or Air Air tags that um the release of that will be at the same time so we'll probably if it's going to be on the 23rd we'll get ios 14 released and the new device that takes advantage of that yeah so. by, by the way did you see that uh, in the, the next well i don't know if it'll be the next upgrade but when they get the version 4.5 of ios that they're 14.5 14 yeah that they'll have the capability for your watch to open your screen on your on your iPhone. Yeah, so that's built into the into this same fourteen point five. It's in the beta right now, 
and should yep. be available. And what they're going to do is um, it's you'll you, for those phones that don't have uh, fingerprint ID that have face ID um, that you'll be able to use the watch like you can with your Mac to automatically open it in conjunction right. with the face ID. Yeah. So they're still using right. the face ID, but they'll just use less data points because they'll only use like what's not covered up by your mask, which is also right. one of those things that's like, oh my gosh, why don't they get that out as fast as they can? Because I personally keep my grocery list on my phone. And I can't tell you how frustrating it is to be walking around the grocery store, constantly tapping yep. my phone and then having to put in my pin code so I can see my, my grocery list again. Uh, whereas yep. it used to be, I just look at my phone and it would open up, <laughs> yep. you know, but not that's in enough. COVID days. And, and that's enough to sell an Apple watch to you if you don't have one, right? <laughs> it really is. It really is. And you know, you can, they still sell the uh, Apple watch three. They have the six, the SE and the three, you can buy a three for under $200 right now. Um, yeah. so it's like, I mean, granted 200 bucks is, you know, a fair chunk of change. You can do a lot of things with $200. But um, I don't know about you, but, you know, I have some nice watches that I like to wear. They're like jewelry. Every time I put one of those on, I miss the fact that my Apple Watch isn't on my wrist. Yeah. It's it's yep. amazing how sticky that has become for me. I You know, it's like yeah. one of the first things I do when I get up in the morning is put on my watch, pull it off the charger, and put it on. Because it's just that little bit of information that it gives you feeding back throughout the day about what's going on and where, you know, what you're doing and how active you've been and, and, uh, you know, notifications that somebody called or in my case, I have notifications like, you know, hey, the your your the door to your office got opened. And it's like, well, if yeah. I'm not out there or if we're not home, that's that's reason for alarm. Right. So, uh, yep. um, by the way, I, I have a little quiz for you, Todd. I have a device 42. sitting on my I have I, I, I I've had it maybe well, it's less than five years. I spent three hundred dollars for it. And. Uh, it's been discontinued. <laughs> yeah, I've got one as well, and it is so. <laughs> we bid a fond farewell to our Apple AirPod, or uh, was that what it's called? AirPod. Yeah. HomePod. 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 The 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 full size HomePod yeah. is gone. Long live the HomePod Mini. Uh, but the full size HomePod is gone. My guess is they're going to replace it with something else that will be less expensive and slightly less capable, but cheaper to make so that they'll have a, a the schmancy version and the mini, I, or maybe they're just going to go yeah. with the mini. I don't know, but, uh, yeah. you know, that and the, um, you know, the Mac iMac pro has also been discontinued, which mm -hmm. I don't think was a big surprise. I suspect, well, yeah. you know, and in fact, you know, I noticed, uh, that, that the, the Mac minis, that they started selling the, when they did their remake of the Mac Mini in 2018 came in the gray colored case, which is or, which is what all of their pro stuff comes in is that space gray color, and mm -hmm. and the new Mac Mini that is the M1 is back in the silver. I will bet you at some point they're going to have an M1 version of the Mac Mini that it will be gray. It'll be more specked out, faster, more more ports, whatever, to make it the pro version. I suspect that when they make the new iMac based on the M1, that there will be a regular iMac. And then at some point, they're going to have a pro version of the iMac. And it'll come back mm -hmm. out as an iMac Pro in gray with something. And it'll still sit somewhere between the, the regular iMac and the Mac Pro, which they'll sell, you know, at some point. I sus my guess is, is that the last 
Mac that they will, they'll switch over to the M1 will be the Mac Pro. And that the Mac Pro and the iMac Pro will be introduced at the same time. And they will overlap somewhat. And the iMac Pro will sit somewhere between the iMac and the Mac Pro in terms of price and capability. Hmm. So I don't know that well, we're seeing the last of it. It's just they don't want to build it anymore. Mike, and what I think the thing is, is I think that the graphics chip that they were using from AMD is not being made by AMD anymore. So if they were going to keep it until they have the M1 version ready, they would then have to re-engineer it to use this new graphics card. And they're going, we don't want to spend any effort re-engineering anything that we're just going to, that we know we're going to cancel in the next year. Yeah, probably makes sense. And so yeah, they just went, fine, we'll let it die. It's, it, it's a normal consequence of transition to the to the Apple Silicon. It's just, right. but you got you got to rethink it, you know? Right. So. But the fact, you know, I, I, the, is, is the iMac Pro a name that will be lost to history or will they have a new one? My guess is they probably will have one. They seem to be differentiating things along the the consumer in silver aluminum and the pro in the dark gray aluminum. Um, well, and so it, it will when it makes sense. And, and what they're trying yeah. to do is to say, well, there's the normal individual user. And then there's the guy who makes his living with with our hardware and he's got special needs, you know. Right. So that's absolutely that's all it's about. But. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, you're absolutely right. We're in agreement. It's it's if they have a need and a, and a target audience that needs that device, then they'll make it um, if they think mm -hmm. they can sell it. The uh, but right now they're in that weird situation where you can buy a uh, you know a, a MacBook Air for nine ninety nine and have a faster computer than your five thousand dollar iMac Pro, and that's a weird and, place and, to be. <laughs> that's a yeah, weird place and, to be. And, and you and you and you've got a bunch of customers out there that you sold them a device less than a year ago that they're just regretting that purchase. You so. Know? Well, I mean, the iMac Pro has been around for about four years, so it's that one's been around for a while. But yeah, the, uh, but, but, but yeah, I'm just I mean, saying, you know, it, it transitions like this where suddenly somebody can spend a whole lot less money for a whole lot more capability. Sure, you know, basically, well, capability somebody, in certain areas, right? Prior device, yeah, yeah, it, it just put take somebody's prior device that they just spent you know a couple thousand at least on, and and oh, now easily, it's yeah. uh, it's kind of we're ready for the dump heap you know yeah so. yeah although i gotta say you know the 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 imac the uh, the the intel-based imac that somebody bought you know whether it be an imac pro or regular imac or the mac pro even that costs you know can cost up to forty thousand dollars does a lot of things that right now i mean oh. yes it's going to get replaced but you can't use the macbook air to replace those things they do things that yeah. they're still a perfectly good computer that runs the software that they were designed to run really well and and do what they you know so you know and if you're a if you're using it like you said if you're using it to make a living um mm -hmm. the cost of the device is irrelevant people who buy forty thousand dollar computers are doing you know million dollar work on movies and stuff and they're like that's just the cost of the movie and if if to do the next movie uh they want us to do it faster I'll just go buy a new computer and charge them for it. You know, that's that's the cost of doing business is I've got to have this, you know, this device to do that. Um, you know, it's a different thing than like you and I buying a consumer computer saying, well, you know, I, I just got this one. It's going to be a couple of years before I'm ready to go buy a new one. Right. Mm hmm. So. 
But that said, the ones that they've got right now, the the MacBook Air and the um, the M1 MacBook Pro and the uh, M1 MacBook uh, or Mac Mini, are just phenomenal. <laughs> they really are. Yeah. And anyway, uh, this um, just just got an article. I, at least I hadn't mm-hmm. noticed it before. Uh, March. Well, before 10th. you go on to yeah, that, we. I'll say before you go on to that real quickly, we were just talking about the uh, the M1 powered Macs, and uh, yeah. there was an article out of Cult of Mac from March second, uh, saying that uh, they discovered in the Mac uh, OS Big Sur eleven point three beta, suggesting that Apple might remove the Rosetta two software, and that that would then remove the ability to run uh, Intel compiled stuff on on Rosetta or using Rosetta on an M1 Mac. And my response to that was, yeah, of course it is. They're going to remove that at some point in time. So they they were just thinking ahead and putting the code in there to do it. Obviously, they're going to not support Intel software forever on these things. Rosetta is meant to be a transition. And it'll be there probably for a year or two. And at that point, they'll announce it to everybody and they'll shut it off. I yeah. mean, duh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, you don't want to run Intel versions of stuff on your M1 Mac. If you want to run the yeah. stuff that was compiled for M1, it's much, much better that way. So anyway, I just thought that was sort of a like, you know, they're they're announcing it like it's some some horrifying thing that they discovered. And I'm going, I would be shocked if it wasn't there. Of course, they're planning to eventually shut off support for intel software on m1 max that's obvious but okay yeah, <laughs> yeah. so anyway you found that's, something yeah uh, it says to, i'm jumping ahead macbook news i'm sorry mac daily news take they said apple today also pulled facebook twitter reddit and other social media apps and then they said just kidding uh, but the article is about Parler, who's been trying to desperately get back on, and they were rejected yet again. And basically, uh, because they didn't meet Apple's rules for, uh, I guess, const- constraining or filtering what people can say on their book. Like Apple mm-hmm. sets the standard. You know, yeah, if I, you're going to run on our I, ecosystem and on our platform, you, you follow our rules or you don't play. Yeah, but I, I think Mac, Mac Daily News had a good take on that. I mean, other when they said, just, not just kidding, because these other guys think they're filtering stuff, but they have an in, impossible job. Anyone who's smart about understanding how to use text is you you encode things so that words mean different things, and sure. for the community that you're in, you know, uh, there's no way that any of these guys can keep their systems from being used just like code talkers of the Navajo Nation, uh, you, you know, manage to go undetected during the entirety of World War II, and be tremendously valuable to the United States. Uh, conduct of the war and whether they're on your side or on somebody else's side the fact is is that uh, there are ways to to communicate that people totally miss in in fact 
you can even go back and look at the Bible and look at different ways of looking at lots of data and get just about anything you want to get out of it because mm -hmm. there were ways of communicating back in, in the early days that today's people don't even understand it. That's why this business of private interpretation yeah, no, is always well, an there, iffy deal because there, it, there's it always a bunch depends. of, go ahead. It, it, it always depends on the culture that understood it at the time. And when you're dealing right. with, History. No, that's why there's a bunch uh, of historians who who try to to understand the context of of any kind of historical document, and and you know what that actually meant. You know, like it, there's there's times when they refer to the people, and other times when they refer to the people, and what they meant was the slaves. And so you've got to yeah. understand, you know, the subtleties of, you know, who the people are, right? Yeah, yeah. So ed education is a interesting thing. Is that uh, that we, we have a whole world full of people today who are willing to take today's standards and try to go back and, and judge, be, be the judge, jury, and executioner of just about everybody in history. And yeah. that's, that's what led to statues being pulled down and all this. That's total ignorance. That's just yeah. stupidity. Yeah. You know, yeah, I thought it was, I was laughable to see them putting up signs and wanting to tear down statues of Lincoln and Grant saying yeah. that they, you know, and I'm like, you realize which side they were fighting on, right? They don't know. They don't know history. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it's it's ignorance. That's what it is. It's, uh... Yeah. I went on a long rant today about education, and I'm not blaming teachers. I'm blaming administrators and the people who set education policy. They have been screwing around with our education system for so long, and and they keep trying to say, well, this is a better way of doing things. And I'm saying, you know what? Go back to the way we did things in the 50s. There's nothing wrong with memorizing stuff. That's a skill that you learn is how to memorize things so that you can call it up quickly because you know it. You know, uh, yeah, you if you have a phone, you can look it up. But what happens if the phone battery dies? You need to know some stuff. You know, memorizing your your times tables is not a bad thing. Um I, I just feel like, you know, the, the people who design our education have, have screwed it up in a bad way. And they've gone under this assumption that every single person who's ever gone to any school anywhere is planning to go to college. And there's a whole bunch of people out there who never want to go to college. They would be perfectly happy going to a trade school or becoming an apprentice somewhere and learning to be an auto mechanic or learning to be yep. a carpenter or a plumber and have a great life in a good paying job and be fine. And it just it drives me nuts that they've that they've taken our education system and just really screwed it up. And that's the reason that there's tons of people out there, if they can afford it, are sending their kids to private schools because private schools haven't gone quite so insane. They provide something that the public school systems don't because they're not being driven. I hate to point like just say it's all liberals because it's not all liberals. But uh, mm -hmm. but there's this this education elite that thinks that they know better than what history has taught us on how to educate people. And they're making up new ways of doing it. And they're screwing up generations of kids. Yeah. There. But, I had my rant twice. <laughs> yeah, good. I agree with you. Uh, in fact, I, I was watching 60 Minutes, I think it was. I can never remember who exactly put on the story. But it was about mm -hmm. how uh, because of the pandemic, uh, especially in the Northeast, uh, before it got cold, teachers uh, realized that in order to bring the kids back to school, they couldn't pack them all in the classroom. First of all, it didn't allow sufficient spacing, but outdoors we got lots of space. So it was a whole bunch of schools basically moved their 
uh, classes to different parts of the campus, outside, under trees, and all the things that go with that. And, and I looked back and, and said, the better in, in my own recollection, having grown up on a farm where I could wander around out in Mother Nature, most of my education was done just that way. I, I learned by going out and observing nature in many ways and spent hours mm -hmm. out digging holes in the ground or climbing trees or examining vegetation. And I didn't even have a teacher there. But I'll tell you, I learned a lot. I learned a whole bunch. And, and it was nice to see what these kids were doing just out in the schoolyards, just out there amongst the leaves and stuff when it fall started to arrive in some of these Northeast mm -hmm. schools. Uh, and then they had to cut back on class sizes because they had to move indoors because of the weather, you know, turned. Yeah. Uh, but, and, and, uh, but it was interesting to see how, you know, in, innovation is brought out by the circumstances of, of the COVID thing. And uh, the kids just loved it. They learned things during that period that they'll probably never have an opportunity to do again, you know, especially city kids because they don't have their little piece of space like I did. I had miles of stuff around the countryside that I could explore. Right. But that that's wide open country. And and, uh, and I just realized when I saw this, you know, those poor kids in these cities don't have that. They have a park or a school playground or something, you know. And it was it was good to see that 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 they were able to use it in a much uh, different way than they had, just because of uh, of the virus. So there's good comes out of it as well as the bad, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's just. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, it's uh, one one hour and twenty three minutes along, and I don't know of any. Yeah, Other we're actually an hour and nine minutes into it. Uh, we talked for we ten minutes before we went on the air. <laughs> oh, we did. So, oh, yeah. Okay. So we're actually only nine minutes into it, or an hour and nine minutes into it. Yeah, nine minutes. I just started okay, recording a so minute ago. Little do you know. Hey, I want to say one thing before we go on. One more tech thing. Something that um, you sent to me, I knew, but I know a lot of people don't know. Um, and that is that... When you're working on your iPhone, if right above where your bars are for Wi-Fi, for your, for your cellular signal, right above there, if you see a green dot, that means that your, uh, your camera and or your microphone are active. That means that either a, an app is using your camera or your microphone. And so whatever you're saying or whatever you're doing could be recorded. Something to be aware of. A lot of people aren't aware of that. It's a tiny little green dot, and it's right above the bars. So you see the, there's usually like four bars there to tell you how strong your signal is for your cellular signal. And yep. uh, there's just a whole bunch of people, I think, that don't know what that little green dot is and maybe aren't curious enough to go look and see. So just as an FYI out there, if you're talking on your phone, uh, there should be a green dot. And if you're not talking on the phone, it's easy enough to test, right? Make a phone call, call somebody. You'll see the green dot light up or do a FaceTime with somebody. But if you're not doing that well, and you see the green dot light up, something is using your microphone and your and your and or your camera. And you need to find out what that is and understand why. What about the red dot on the watch? The red dot on the watch means that you have uh, data waiting. So if you put your finger right above the red dot and drag down, then it will show you all the messages and notifications that you've received. 
and you can look at them. And if you scroll to the top of that list, you can click on clear all to clear them out and then the dot will disappear. Ah. But if you don't clear them, they'll remain there and now you can look at them again later. Yeah. Well, I put, I thought I pushed on the dot and what it did is brought up my calendar. I don't know if, Oh, that's because I well, probably it's hit prob- the mon- monthly thing. Yeah, I was going to say your calendar was probably right adjacent to that, right? So that's that, that's, you just, that's what happened. Yeah, you know, it's a tiny screen. Okay. We got big fingers, so it's easy to do that. But if you just <laughs> kind of drag from the top of the screen to the bottom, it'll pull down all of your messages and notifications, and you can see, you know, quickly mm-hmm. go back and review them all by just uh, scrolling the wheel on the side or dragging them. And then mm-hmm. uh, if you go to the top of that list there's a button that says clear all and you can clear them out. And that way, uh, then the next time you see a red dot means you got new stuff. So that's good to know red dots and green dots and, and what they mean to you, because if your phone is listening to you, you probably want to know why. Yep. So there we go. Now we can wrap it up and it's been an hour and 13 minutes. So, uh, (laughs) thanks for joining us here on generation tech. As usual, we veered into tech-adjacent things, but we will continue to do that because, hey, that's what we do. And we appreciate you listening. If you're listening and you're not a subscriber, please hit your subscribe button uh, in your Apple Podcast app or Spotify or wherever you're listening to us so that uh, uh, we get better numbers and can continue to do this show. We appreciate your support. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Jack Brinker, and glad to have everybody with us today. And we'll see you in a week. Have a good one. Bye-bye.